At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 179. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? It's been a frustrating day here. So uh, I'm at home. I have to help my kids with their education. And I'm having a tough go. I think I've mentioned it before. I'm not a teacher. I have a hard time teaching anyone anything. I tried to teach my dad a smoke on the water on the base. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It, it's like six notes, dum 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 dum, dum seven yeah. notes. Like it's really not hard. And my dad knows smoke on the water in terms of tune in his head, and I still couldn't do it. Um, so now when it comes to teaching my kids, I'm having a frustrating time because I don't know how to teach a four and five year old how to read. Like that's a very important life skill. Yeah. I couldn't teach my dad seven notes on the bass, and it's only on one chord. You don't even need to noodle around much. It's just on the one chord. Just E chord done. Just go from there. And no, I, I I don't know how to get them to learn how to read. It's it's not it's not an easy go for me. No, that that's a tough ask. I, I can't imagine having to teach another human to read. Like I struggle enough teaching college level kids how to do something that they're supposed to be majoring in. I can't imagine like having a, a small human and trying to mold them into being able to read. Like that's I I don't envy like teachers who do this professionally because I know how difficult of a job it is. And I'm sure you as a parent and many others who are going through this in the in the pandemic right now, I don't know how you guys are doing it. It's, it's not going well for me. I, I'm having to be like, kids, go take a break. I need to figure it because I'm getting boiled up. Like, how do you not get this? T. There's a T at the end. And they're like, great. Cool. Cool. Can I go play with my stickers? Oh, I don't even know why I'm supposed to teach them how to read. They're four and five. Like, this seems too early to me. But like, again, not a teacher. So frustrating day for me. What about you? Uh, not as frustrating. It was uh, easier work day for me today. And uh, like I, I mentioned, I'm teaching college level kids. So it's not anything close to uh what, what you're going through, but it, it's been a good go so far in J term over here. So we are riding high, uh, I guess, like our Islanders a little, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, they won against the Bruins at home for the first time since, I don't know, tw- it was 2013, right? November 2nd or something like that. Yeah, almost eight years. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. Um, so, yeah, I guess so. So we'll, we'll talk about the, the first three games then kind of briefly. Yeah, we'll get into the first three games because it's been... Well, you had one really good game, one really bad game, and then one that was 
eh, okay, I guess. I like to look at them as the Goldilocks games, right? So we've got the uh, one that's too cold. That would be the Rangers' second game. Agree. We've got one that's too hot, and I'm going to say that's like the the first one. It was just they were perfect everywhere. And then you've got the one that's just right, and, and that's the 1-0 win. And when I say just right, I mean like that's how Lula and Rola wants to win games. Just one nothing. Just they have nothing to do. That you give them nothing, and we just convert on one of our chances. We're good. <laughs> yeah, which is so deflating to the team you beat too. <laughs> it is, and it's deflating to the fan base too. You're going like this, this, this is what. Oh god, oh no. Yeah, you gotta wait around and pray for a JG Pajol goal late in the third period to <laughs> to get a win. Single, a single line drive. Hopefully that happens. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked like he was gonna be playing for the Mets or Yankees in the spring with uh, with that play. Yeah, it's why that's what you have to wait on. You have to wait on Jean Gabriel Peugeot with a line drive from an Adam Pellick scoring chance. <laughs> this is so weird, right? Like those come few and far between, in, in, just in that situation. So, anyways, yeah. So goalie lock set of games to start the season, which is good enough. Like two one and zero, or yeah, two one and zero. It's a pretty good start to the year. Yeah, I would say so. And obviously, like we said at the jump, the first game was probably an, an overachieving like everything just went absolutely right Varlamov was absolutely phenomenal the offense was clicking on all cylinders they converted on the power play like all signs were pointing upwards for the Islanders in the first one yeah like there was there were no flaws um we're, we're not going to do a full breakdown of all these games if you want a full breakdown of the game itself like head over to Patreon. we record a 30 35 minute podcast after every single New York Islanders game from here until the end of the season we've been doing it for years now um, get your podcast there. Sign up, eyes. Uh, sorry, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, uh, and get in on the fun. There's a over over 117 now, I think, patrons. So like, it's growing and growing fast. Join the community. Um, but sorry, getting to that game. Yes, absolutely, everything went right for the New York Islanders. Nothing at all went wrong. And then everything went wrong in game two. So, but right be- <laughs> before the game even started, because they injured their goalie in warmups, and Barry was pissed. I love a piss Barry Trotz. He called it unacceptable, and he was like, "We we threw it was unfair to Varlamov, and we threw Sorokin under the bus." And Sorokin did not have a good NHL debut, Mitch. No, like that's that's Pee Wee level stuff. You don't shoot high on the goalie during the warmups. Hell, don't take slap shots on the goal. I hate that so much when I'm trying to warm up for a game and they're tossing howitzers at me. Guys, if you want to do that, shoot at the boards. Don't shoot at me. I don't feel like getting injured. Like I'll get out from the crease and my hand hurts because I've taken a slap shot to the fit to the, the right to the palm. That hurts. All right, and I want to start the game with an injury. All right. Mm-hmm. Nor did Varlamov, which is exactly what happened. Come on now. Yeah, no, it was it was an embarrassing moment. Um, so obviously that was what like literally ten minutes before puck drop, just about, and then they're like, yeah. "Hey, Sorokin, uh, by the way, thanks for dressing up today. We're gonna put you in the game." Uh, and he did not look good. And not all of it was his fault. There were some really bad turnovers. Like Noah Dobson did not have himself a good game, but there were what at least two that absolutely should have been stopped. Mi- minimum two. I-, I don't know if there if we can even make a case for a third one, but definitely two. Right, the, both Pavel Buknevich goals should not have gone in. Someone of his caliber should have had it. An NHL starter of any caliber should have had either of those goals. No, exactly. Uh, the, the Panarin one alone, well, you're not. That's a, that's a tough situation. I'm not saying you got to stop. That's a fifty-fifty, no matter who you are. Exactly. 
Uh, but the ones that just go right through you and bad positioning on the on the second Bushnevich one is uh, that was a little deflating. But he will get the benefit of the doubt. No preseason. He found out he was starting ten minutes before. It was his first NHL start. Like, there's going to be a couple bumps in the road here, Mitch. He's not going to pitch a shutout every night. No, like th- that's what that's going to happen. And find whatever justification you want for like he his timings off or, or whatever. He was just frazzled. He just, he wasn't set. Is that a bad look? Yeah, because like we made up this guy to be like the next coming of Christ in the crease. Uh, and then he pitches that, and you go like, Poof, whoops. Yeah, it was bad. That doesn't look good on someone who has that type of promise. But class is permanent. Form is temporary. Oh, I like, like that. This kid is a top-class performer. Uh, and and what, he, what he put up yet on, on that first game, uh, the first game he played, was not good. But that won't stay forever. No, absolutely not. And I don't think we anticipate it to, to stay forever. Um, either because well he, he's just he's too talented. He was in a really tough spot. I think or both of us are giving him the benefit of doubt on this one now. Yes, absolutely. Like, I, I if you're saying like this kid's a bust because he has had one game, oh maybe God. you're proven right eventually. But it's not because of this one game that he'll be that you're like ah I knew it. Come on, no, no. I, I th- there's no way this kid is gonna be a bust. He's gonna be amazing. Absolutely. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the Islanders in their third game one nothing win, um, and it was fairly quiet for the most part. Uh, JG Pajot, lone goal, and Varlamov was excellent. He has not allowed a goal in two games, which is wild, right? Like, I know there's a stat like he he's got the longest shutout streak to start the season, which is, is great. But that that's kind of like what whatever that that's cool in and of itself, regardless of the fact that it's the the longest one or not. The fact that he has two shutouts in back-to-back games, well, maybe not back-to-back games, in back-to-back starts for him mm-hmm. is fantastic. And that's exactly what you want to see from Simeon Varlamov. Right? He was great in the playoffs, and then we're going, well, he wasn't fantastic in the regular season. He had, he was okay for portions. Uh, can he continue that? And, and, and if so, um, great. If not, well, here you go, Sorokin. But thankfully, <laughs> he's good. Yeah, no, he's been very good. He's picked up where he left off in the playoffs, which was excellent. And I think I'm not... Surprised that he's playing this well. Um, again, I'm not saying it's shut out or bust for me every night from him, but uh, the, the point is when the team was healthy last year in the playoffs and in the beginning of the year, he was a 920 save percentage goalie. So the fact that he looks good early on isn't surprising to me. So do you think, and this is kind of getting away from the games a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, we heard in Sorokin's first start, uh, at least Brandon Burke was saying this, that uh, Varley was supposed to get 60%, whereas uh, Sorokin should have got 40%. And, and maybe that changes at that point because we didn't know how severe the injury was to Varlamov. It was not. He was back the next one. Do you think Sorokin's performance and Varlamov's subsequent you know, backup, uh, back-to-back shutout, does that change the kind of uh, a- algorithm? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I feel <laughs> I'm going to take the, the middleman Mitch stance on this one and nice. say I, I see <laughs> I see both sides on this one, to be honest with you, because a part of me is saying, no, don't overreact to a three game sample size. But at the same time, you're only playing a 56 game season. And if you have a hot goalie, I feel like you got to ride that for as long as you can. So I'm going to take myself off the fence. I'm going to go with ride Varlamov for as long as he can. 
I think they're going to have to do it. It's not that it's Sorokin is no longer any good. It's that he, he being Varlamov, is going to play until he puts a bad performance in or the team puts a bad performance or, or there's a back-to-back on the schedule, right? Like you don't want to, with, with the, the rate that these games are coming, you don't want to have him play back-to-back nights. That would be ridiculous. Also because it's Sorokin and Nets, like he, he's going to have a, a, good, a good outing at some point. Uh, I imagine they stick to the 60-40. I don't think this changes anything for them. Um, but if, if Varlamov keeps playing this way, that there's no reason to put Sorokin in net. No, of course, and you gotta you gotta play your best players, and you know we'll see what ends up happening there. But I would imagine they're gonna ride Varlamov for as long as they can until, like you said, until it stops working. Yeah, and like they don't have a back to back until geez, uh, until the thirtieth, thirty thirty first against Philly on the road. So I imagine Sorokin plays in one of those games. Yeah, probably. That's probably a fair estimate. So I think that's the soonest or the latest we're going to see Sorokin is on, let's say, the 31st. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty fair. That's a fair guess. Unless something, like we said, catastrophic happens. Like if he has a a, a four goals allowed game with a sub 900 save percentage, then yeah, maybe you're getting Sorokin for a start after that. Yeah. And I, we're not talking about like coming in as, as a replacement. This is a start, right? Yeah. Like on mm-hmm. the 31st, I think is his latest start. <clears throat> yeah. I'm with you on that for sure. Perfect. Yeah, so that was the three games. Like it was, uh, it was good. But we'll see going forward. Now they play the Devils in back to back nights. Well, not back to back nights. Sorry, twenty first and twenty fourth, um, which should be. I don't know. I don't know how to take the Devils right now. Yeah, I don't know how to take them either. Uh, Jack Hughes does look a lot better though, so I'll give him that. That's true. Uh, and then the Caps. We'll see what happens with them. Like half of their team is in COVID, so or COVID protocol. Unbelievable. So uh, with that, let's get to our next subject, Mitch, which is, you know, kind of piggybacking off of these games a little bit. We want to talk about some ice times in particular and some taxi squad moves. So uh, to us, I think the biggest thing that stuck out and we talked about it a lot in the post game after the, the third game was the third line. And J.G. Pajot got a ton of ice time in the Islanders win. He played over 20 minutes, which was expected because of how good he was playing. And he played a ton of roles. He was centering that third line. He was taking some faceoffs on the fourth line. And then he was playing next to Barzal. But his two wingers um, did not get a lot of ice time. Both Kiefer Bellows and Ross Johnston played under seven minutes. So what... (laughs) What do we do with that line? That's what, and I, I kind of wrote about it. I was like, we can't keep running Ross Johnston out here. We can't do it because uh, he's only playing six, seven minutes a night. He's giving you four hits. He's not going to give you any offense. Like, why are we doing this? And people did not like that. There was a lot of people were coming back and saying, got to give them time to gel. There is no preseason. Blah 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 blah. So, so I wanted to get your take on that and see where we are in terms of figuring out that line i don't wait i'm just wow uh um so people came back and said like we got to give ross johnston more time more time yeah what what like it's clear barry trotz doesn't want to play this guy very much this guy's career has been pigeonholed for good or bad reasons i I, he may have redeeming qualities on the ice he's clearly a, a great guy to have in the room but, like, Barry Trotz doesn't play this guy more than six minutes. He hit 13 minutes once, didn't he, last year? Because he played with Matthew Barzell because he was trying to make a point, he being Barry Trotz, that is. Did he? I don't even remember him hitting 13. I, I'm just pulling it up now 
to see. He had three nights in a row, so December 5th, 7th, and 9th, where he played 1258, 1239, and 1213. Huh. That was the most he had that season. Interesting. Okay. Right, he he scored a goal in one of those nights. That'll uh, do it. That that that's the only point he put up uh, on, on all three. Um, but like, it's just that that's Russ. He plays six to seven minutes, maybe six to nine minutes a night. That's his role. We have another guy on the team who already does that in Matt Martin. Yeah, no, I, I I know, I know. You're, you're preaching to the choir here, Mitch. On yeah, this I one. know, but like, it's I, I I that and that's what I say in the piece too. Like, it's a redundant role. And I don't know why you want to give that on the on the third line. And that's not like you can't even really consider that the third line because they're not getting enough minutes. Like the fourth line is really the third line because they're getting the third most minutes. It, it really is. Like these are these are your extras. Your extras are Kiefer Bellows and Ross Johnston. That's I keep wanting to say Rost. I don't know why. <laughs> the extra T Ross throws you off. Johnston. Yeah, it's really screwing me up. I'm adding a T before the uh, the first name. Um. It, it's just it's not to say that he's not a good hockey player and he doesn't belong in the NHL. It's just when you have Matt Martin and Ross Johnston, take your pick. Wh- whichever one, and even then, Barry Trotz doesn't seem keen on either of them because he played Matt Martin seven and a half minutes last the other night. Yeah, uh, I would say pick, exactly pick one. Um, I think Matt Martin's game is a little bit more well-rounded, so I would lean that way, but really at that point, you could you can flip flop them like have one as a healthy scratch and have one in the lineup and you could keep them both fresh by doing that like I don't know right like there's a clear th- this argument to be made that Matt Martin has chemistry with Casey Zekas and Cal Clutterbuck cool let's not break that up then all right well now you have Ross Johnston there to do what to police the ice oh, okay fine I suppose and and no one's taken any cheap shots in the first three games so. Technically, it's working, right? Technically, I guess. Um, but, like, it, it, has it helped us be effective? What has Ross Johnson given the eye? And this isn't necessarily fair because it feels like I don't like Ross Johnson or, or we don't like Ross Johnson. Not That's true. not the case. It's just, it's like you said, these are redundant roles. And this redundancy is, is kind of hurting the team in a way where those minutes aren't being allocated, in my opinion, adequately. And of course, Barry Trotz has two Jack uh, Jack Adams trophies mm-hmm. as as coach of the year. So like he clearly knows what he's doing. Also, the Stanley Cup hanging in his in his house at some point or somewhere. But like you you can't keep going with three guys of your twelve playing under eight minutes. It's just not you, it's not feasible. It's not sustainable. No, exactly. And I think that's the point we're trying to make. So that to me is one of the more more glaring things that have has stuck out with the ice time and the, nothing else really like. I know in the second game, Noah Dobson didn't really play too much, but he, to be fair, he did have an awful performance uh, that night, so I don't think either of us were too worked up about him not getting the 20 minutes like he got in the first game of the year. No, he didn't deserve any ice time. He, he deserved none, right? Like, that that's a game where if you could, you would bench, uh, and you, you, you play someone out of position, but you, you can't, especially no, you can't. in a defensive system like Trotz. You, you have to roll with him, and... You have to like let him learn, but like, he, you know, Matthew Barzell was benched a few times, and then that's what happens, right? Like, you mm-hmm. don't get rid of all the ice time; you get rid of some. Like, you didn't get twenty; you got fifteen. That's gonna sting. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's definitely one of the things that uh, stuck out to me, uh, at least with the ice times. Was there any other ice times that you picked up on that you wanted to get into from the first three games? 
Well, specifically Kiefer Bellows. Okay. Have you seen his ice time over the last three games from first, second, and third? Well, we know it was like 635, I think, the last time. But in, in the right. first game, I think, what was it, like 12 minutes maybe? Yep, yep. Okay. And you know what it was in the third game or second game? What? Seven and a half minutes. Okay, so it's... what rap- Exactly, what does decline. that tell you? That he, He's going to be out of the lineup, and he was moved to the taxi squad today, but he, he's, he's, he's gone. Exactly, right? So at first I was surprised that Kiefer Bellows went to the taxi squad, but then when I went to look at his playing time, I went, <laughs> clearly Barry Trotz is like, I don't trust you enough to play you. And then with the diminishing time, that's that's a clear sign from Barry Trotz that you're out in the next one. Right, we saw that with Oliver Walsh from last year and Kiefer Bellows again last year. Like it's just that's his mo. I was gonna say you, you forgot one. I was gonna add one more. Otto Quavela. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yes, <laughs> there was a game. I could be wrong, but I feel like there was a game. The last one that Otto Quavela got like five and a half minutes. I was like, why is he even playing? It's like something preposterous, if I remember correctly. It was it was like a really low number, but those three were the ones that stuck out to me in terms of like their in their final game, like they were barely touching the ice. Oh man. Okay, so um uh, Otto Koivula has four twenty six on December second. And he played after that. He didn't play again until January fourteenth. Yeah, four minutes and twenty six seconds against Detroit. Like, you know, play him. It's Detroit. Uh um Yeah, and then he plays Detroit. He played Detroit three nights in a row. <laughs> but he went from four twenty six to thirteen thirty nine. And then the very next game he played. Uh, and then he went 10 minutes, five and a half minutes, 732, 605. Yeah, there you go. So, like, it, it was like, oh, I, I, no, no, no. Like, what, when you see that diminishing time, like that gradual, like, removing of time, the natural next step is you're off. You're off. Like, six minutes and then you're off. That's it. You're, you're not playing anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. Which is, is strange in a way because you're going, well, then who are you going to play? Michael Del Cole? All right. Did Kiefer Bellis not give you a better Michael Del Cole performance? I would say yes. Um, Mike, yeah, Michael Del Cole is expected to come off of IR soon, so I'm assuming that he would get a good shot. I would also assume Leo Komarov at some point gets a shot. Not necessarily excited about either one of those guys because just because we've seen a bunch of them, a lot of them over the last two years, and we kind of know what they are. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know how I feel about it. I would rather see Bellows and Wallstrom get their chance, but I don't anticipate that happening. No, like, well, well we, he might. One of them might now with uh, Josh Bailey getting on the COVID protocol list. Good um, that that opens a spot uh, because even if even with Michael Dalcole there, so Josh Bailey on the COVID protocol list as of today, which opens a top six spot on the right. <laughs> right? Come on, Walsh. What does that tell Please. Come on, right? <laughs> There's no better time than this. I know. And and it would be perfect, too, because you'd be playing them with Bo and Nelson. Like, sorry. It sounds like I'm happy that Josh Bailey potentially has COVID. No. I'm very much not. I would rather have, not rather, but like, I want Josh Bailey on the in the lineup and, and healthy. healthy. Of course. Um, I would prefer him on the third line, but like, I'm fine with him sticking on the second. Uh, but if this, if if the silver lining here is that you know Josh Bailey doesn't actually get sick and, and is able to like take a couple of nights off and, and maybe recoup with whatever whatever's go- going on, and Walsham gets ice time, this is great. Yeah, no, exactly, and that's the thing. 
too. As you mentioned, it's a top six role. It's not like, hey, a spot opened up on the right. Unfortunately, Cal Clutterbuck went down, and good luck. You're going to be playing with Matt Martin and Casey Zizekas on the fourth line. Like, it's, hey, we anticipate you being a top six player for us in the future, which I don't think is unrealistic based on where they took him and his draft stock and his goal-scoring ability. Like, let's see what he could do with... Maybe you don't give him 18 minutes, but can he get 15? Like, is that too much to ask for? I think so. Yeah, I think so. In a very trust world. I'm sorry. I don't believe it's too much, but evidence tells me that's too much. I know. I know. But in like, if he's going to play with those two, wouldn't you want to give him a fair shake? That's my... Yeah. And the next two games are against the New Jersey Devils. Like, this is the perfect time. The Devils take a crap ton of penalties. A crap ton. Well, I don't know if it's actually a crap ton. When I watched them play the other day, they were taking penalties left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And the last time they played the Islanders, they were taking penalties left, right, and center. They're a more undisciplined uh, team last year without Lindy Ruff behind the bench. Um, but I- I'm just looking it up now to see if, if I'm right in my uh, you know, uh, call from the hip in terms of power play opportunities. Um, no power play. Oh God! <laughs> How do I want to do penalty? Penalties. There we go. That's okay. Um, penalties taken. They're not the penalties taken. Wow, the Islanders are up there with eighteen. Woof, that's rough. The Devils aren't very undisciplined. So, oh, but it's only three games. <laughs> that could change. <laughs> that's okay, Mitch. That's all right. I won't hold you to that one. No, they have 15 penalties taken, 11th, you know, over their four games. So. All right. But this is the perfect time. Top six spot open for what what could be a couple of days. We don't know why Josh Bailey's on the COVID protocol list. It could be one of, like, basically two reasons. He either has it or came into contact with someone who has it. And by has it, I mean he tested positive either asymptomatically or symptomatically. Of course, that, that's in, that's entirely possible. It is. And, you know, the NHL has to do what they have to do to keep this the, the team and the player and everybody safe. So I completely understand. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Josh Bailey. We're obviously wishing him the best. Yeah, so the earliest he might get, he might be back for the Islanders uh, is on, the, on Saturday, on the 23rd. So um, based on how this works for a COVID protocol list, assuming he tested, he, like he has to test positive or sorry, not has to, assuming it's a positive test, uh, either symptomatically or asymptomatically. If he tested positive asymptomatically, he now has to get a confirmation test, a confirmatory test done. If that comes back negative, he needs to take a second test after the confirmatory test 24 hours later. If that comes back negative, he then needs to take a third test 24 hours later and if that one comes back negative he can leave isolation so the soonest he can come back is on saturday assuming that the positive test was today right okay so best case scenario he's back for saturday which would be what that would just be missing one game correct that's right okay so yeah we're gonna obviously we're gonna it's a wait and see game with that but something to take note of for sure right but it's the perfect time to get oliver walsh in the lineup it's the right spot it's uh, against a not low level opposition, but an opposition that, that you should be winning and you should be able to generate chances against uh, for a guy who is you're looking to integrate into the lineup with a what is what I've been told by Barry Trotz is a world class shot. Yes, he that's out of the horse's mouth. He said that. 
Exactly, right? So, like, let's go. What are we waiting for? I know. Uh, anything else with the taxi squad that we want to get into? It's large, right? Hickey's, Bellows, Wallstrom, Timoshov, Koivlo, Zarnik. So Timoshov was brought back up from the minors, although they're not playing. So uh, he was brought into the squad yep. uh, on the on the taxi squad. So there's six guys now. It's full. Uh, there's no goalie, but that that's fine because they have three goalies on the roster. Exactly, with uh, Schneider around. Do we do we think he dresses, or is this just we don't want to risk waving him and someone picking him up? This is a Gar Snow situation. We don't want to risk losing him. Although with Aaron Dell passing through waivers, maybe they don't have to worry so much. Yeah, I would think so, right? That was that was a little surprising that he didn't get cleaned. Yeah, and, and I know like people say, well, Corey Schneider is better pedigree. Over his career, sure, but not recently. Exactly, not recently at all. Good point. Which, which, which matters to, to someone trying to win today. Although, if Edmonton, had, if Edmonton had a shot, they would. Although, no, because he's in the States. He'd have to quarantine for two weeks in Canada. What the hell's the point? Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't even think of it like that, but those the Canadian team, or going from an American team to a Canadian team or a Canadian team to an American team could make a huge difference. Yeah, there's a quarantine period. In Canada, I believe it's a two-week, 14-day period. In the U.S., I believe it's 10 days based off of uh, states' health authorities. But I believe in Canada, it's 14. Okay. Interesting. Good to know, though. So, yeah, things to consider. That That's a lot. Absolutely. So, shall we get to down on the farm, then? Yes. Um, okay. So, I don't want to report on every single player in the prospect pipeline, because there's not always a whole lot to do, and there's a lot on the reserve list, plus guys that are signed. So, uh, I boiled it down to four. Stuff that I have on, on four new guys, or not okay. new guys, new information on four guys. Um, first, uh, Matthias Rayanemi, who was drafted sixth in the sixth round by the Islanders this year. Uh, as we all know, he won a bronze medal with Finland and is now back in Finland pay- playing for the uh, Lati Pelicans. I think I pronounced that incorrectly. The Pelicans I pronounced correctly. I'm not sure about the Lati part. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's on a three-game point streak. We like that. These are things we like to see. Three games, okay. This is a 6'4", 200-plus pound defenseman. Um, not what you would consider necessarily a, a an offensive guy, but he's putting up points and his minutes are steadily rising. Like he played 19 minutes the other day and now he's averaging somewhere around 13, 14 minutes a night, which is up from the nine he was playing before he left for that World Junior Championship. Exactly. So good things there. And he's playing against men, right? This is a, a men's league. He's playing in Liga, the SM Liga. That's the top Finnish league. Um <sighs> I don't imagine he finishes, he might finish his career there, but like with the transfer window open, although like COVID kind of screws things up with the transfer window in Europe, uh, as we just talked about with Schneider, like I, I could see another team coming in to, to try to pluck him and play at a, maybe at the SHL level. Okay. Interesting. That's obviously, we're going to have to keep a close eye on that one as the season goes on. Yeah. He's a young guy, right? Like he just turned 18 in September. So like he's got a while to go. This isn't going to be a guy who's going to be here tomorrow, I, I don't think. No. I don't imagine the Islanders bring him in with the pipeline on defense that they've got. But interesting things going with the sixth-round pick. Exactly. And like you said, he's a sixth-rounder. He's only 18, so they'll take that slow. Yeah. Next, Alexander Ljungkrantz. So that's the third-rounder from this year. He's putting up points, too. Uh, but he's not playing for Brynäs technically anymore. He was sent out on loan to Stromsbro of the uh, Hockey Etan League. So that that's the third tier. Okay. So you have 
the SHL, uh, Alsenskan, and the Hockey Italian League. He's now on five points in five games. He put up a goal and he assists tonight with Stromsro. Not tonight, but today. Stromsro won 8-2, and they're now sitting atop of their division in first place. That's good. Um, I, I, I tweeted it out earlier, but like, he because he's on loan, he can flip between Brinis and Stromsbro. Like, at a, at a whim's notice. He was suiting up and on the bench. He, he had suited up and was on the bench for Brinis yesterday. Okay, and then he was played for Stromsbro today? Yeah, so he was sitting on the bench. He didn't play, but he was there available to play on the bench for Brinis. And then he traveled. So uh, Stromsbro plays in the same town as Brinis does, called Gable. Um, but... Stromsbro was on the road to um, oh, uh, oh Alandra, I think is the, the, the team name. Anyways, they're, they play an hour and a half away, Ooh. which isn't a long way, but like the kids still had to suit up, practice, and play with Brinis, and then suit up and head out with Stromsbro not 24 hours later. Yeah, it's not easy. And then he's playing top-line minutes, so I, I don't have a minute time because the guy that, that gives me my information... Uh, isn't allowed to travel with the team for COVID reasons, uh, so he doesn't have an accounting of 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 time. But he's playing top. He was on the top line, so you can imagine he's playing 15 plus minutes without counting power play. No, exactly. That's a great point. Yeah, so he's getting significant ice time and putting up points. That's great. Yeah, and flipping between the SHL third tier, uh, and that third tier team is has aspirations to make it to the second tier. Uh, and like they can get promoted if, if they do well. So like this kid is playing and he's playing hard. Uh, and it and this is a third round pick. Again, not a fancy third round pick, but he's putting up points. He's doing everything you want to, want him to do. Okay, good. Um, next is Henrik Tikkanen. So that's the seventh round pick from this year. Is on loan. So he went out on loan to Kalpa in mm-hmm. in the SM Liga. He was playing for IPK in the Messes League. So that's their second tier. Uh, so he's now moved up boop, to the second to the first tier. He's a backup goalie though, right? They brought oh. him in to be the backup, but they have back-to-back games on the 22nd and 23rd. So we'll likely see him play at the SM legal level within the next couple of days. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Okay, that's good. So this this is the big six eight goalie that they drafted in the seventh round for those keeping track. Yes, we we are a fan of the big goalie, and they they sent you a little video package on him though. They did. They, they they told me they were going to prep that a while ago, and I totally forgot because this was like a month or two ago. And finally, they sent it to me, and they packaged a bunch of saves together. They have him strumming a guitar where they don't know where he got that guitar from. They have no idea. First off, it's on the wrong hand, and the strings are all broken, but, like, he found it somewhere. That's amazing. I love that they are, like, they're just sending you this stuff now, too. Like, that's how entrenched we are in this. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's like here we, we we did this whole prep thing for you. It's it's fantastic. Good quality. So check it out. It's on the Twitter. It's on the Facebook. Um, and last one, uh, Josh Hosang. I think we all know who he who? is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's on loan as well to to Orbro. So it, we we know that team because Robin Salo plays there. Um, he's there. He's suited up. He's not ready to play yet. From what I'm told, it's a paper issue. Uh, okay. So I imagine it's a work visa. Um, now, I don't have that confirmation, but when I kind of tweeted it out, his agent liked it. So I would imagine that that's kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That's what's going on. 
yeah, good point. That that's kind of conf- it's confirmation without actual confirmation. It's pretty damn close. Exactly. Let's not say it's exactly that, but it's definitely not like, oh, we brought this guy in and we don't like his attitude. No, no, that's not yeah. the case. And if if you believe that, relax. Exactly. He's, it's he, it's not. He's gonna have a good go. They like him. That's why they 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 brought him in. Um, they they think he can be a dangerous an offensive player for them. Uh, I would expect he plays top six minutes easily. Yeah, I would think so, and I would anticipate him putting up points. He did it at the AHL level. Why can't he do it over there? Exactly. So like, I'm not going to say he's going to dominate, but I would expect he 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 plays well. It might take him a little while because he he still has to get used to the larger ice surface, which is a thing in Sweden that isn't a thing for Ilya Sorokin. He played on smaller ice surfaces in the KHL, but Sweden has the big Olympic sized rinks, right? So like. Uh, that's going to be a, an adjustment for him. Although, like someone with his skill set, that's going to, he could, oof, man, this should be perfect for him. Right. He's going to go off. More room to work with. Exactly. So, and he said it himself you're going to like a lot of parts of my game, maybe not all of it. His words. <laughs> I'd love that kid. <laughs> right? Like, just, just says it as it is. And I love it. I love it. They're going to love him there, I hope. Yeah, I think so, too. Absolutely. So, okay. Good notes for uh, the farm system. Like to hear that. Yeah, so far, so good. Good things going on in the system, including draft picks made this year that uh, a lot of people poo-pooed on. Absolutely. Shall we get into the quiz, Mitch? Yes. So, it's episode 179, but I didn't do my homework well, I suppose. So, I oh, pulled up someone no. who played 178 games for the Islanders, Matt. Oh, boy. Okay. Hopefully it's not, it's not the same person as last week, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope not, because these are five different clues. Okay. All right, so, Matt, are you ready? I assume you are. Yeah, well, let's do it. For those who, are, who aren't aware of what the game is, um, I give Matt five clues to guess a former New York or current New York Islander player, uh, and the, the guesses or the clues become progressively easier as we go along. Matt, you're ready. First let's clue, I was an undrafted defenseman from... Sanbornville or Sanbornville, New Hampshire. Next. <laughs> uh, two, I played for BU, Boston University, before making the NHL. Kiefer Bellows. <laughs> no, but good, good call. Uh, ish. Um, three, I was traded to the Isles as part of the Alex, Alexei Zitnik trade. Um... I have no idea. Next. That that's fine. I don't know if you're gonna get this guy, but like I feel I feel you'll get him by five. Four. I was claimed off waivers by Phoenix on October eighth, two thousand and seven. So the Islanders put him on waivers October eighth, two thousand and seven, and reclaimed on entry by the Isles on November tenth. I don't know. I just thought that was wild that he because he came back up through rear entry waivers and like, yep, we'll take that guy back. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. thanks, I guess. Um, Freddie Adu might be my favorite soccer player, and I probably love Oscar Meyer wieners. Freddie Meyer? Yay! <laughs> How did you know? By the way, fun fact, yeah. yes. Freddie Adu, one of the rare soccer players that I know. Big early I- 2000s Freddie Adu guy. I was so hyped for him, and nothing really came what? of it. Yeah, what happened? He, like, fell off the face of the earth, that guy. Right? Like, didn't he go to England or something like that? And then he just... 
I have to look it up now. I don't know. I remember being a really young kid and him being like the most hyped person. Like, I'm not a soccer fan, but I knew who Freddie Adu was as a kid. But I don't think anything ever really happened. No, I know he went somewhere. Well, he went to Portugal, France, Greece, and then came back to the U.S., played in Finland. Oof. And then back to the NSAL. And then 2018 was the last one he went to. So, yeah, nothing, nothing big. He went to Benfica, played 11 games, started none of them. Oof, that's not a good stat line. Poor guy. All right, let's get into the social stuff, Mitch. What's going around on IELTS Twitter this week? Uh, a lot because of the games, but uh, I'm bringing this one up here. It's from uh, Bathtub Jake, and it says, uh, Barzy goal, uh, best goal Barzy's ever scored, and it was a picture of him dangling, about to dangle Tony uh, D'Angelo, mm. and then it, it, the picture below that, so it's a cut of two pictures, and it's Tony D'Angelo, uh, all caps, saying, stop the count. I wonder what that's in reference to. I wonder, yeah. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, that's funny. Uh, my first one comes from Josh Hosang on Instagram. He says, so excited to finally play some hockey. Thank you so much to the New York Islanders for setting this up and to Arebro Hockey for accepting me into their family, hoping to make the most of this opportunity. What I'm interested in is the little part where it says the New York Islanders setting it up. What's that about, Mitch? Um, they don't want him around. I think that's clear, right? <laughs> I think we're, we both agree to that. Agree, but if that, yes, my rebuttal would be then why, why are they seeking out opportunities for him? Why wouldn't they just tell him to go screw? Not that that's the right thing to do, but I would figure that's what they would have done. That should have been the right thing to do, right? Like, we don't want you. Just go. Let's split up. Yeah, we can maybe try to hold you around and get something for you, which is what they're doing. But the right thing to do would have been like Robin Leonard in, in Buffalo, right? They didn't have to. They could have qualified him and then worked the trade. But they're like, no, we're going to make this easy. We're not going to qualify you. Do you think they're shooting themselves in the foot now? Maybe, but they did the right thing so that they shouldn't feel bad about it. They really did. Yeah. No, no, they they did do the right thing. Buffalo, of course. Like, this isn't the same situation exactly, but this is clearly where something needs to change. They both need a change of scenery. Well, I guess Joshua Sang is the only one who's going to change the scenery. Mm -hmm. um, and to do that, they should have just let him go. Let him go. Let him become a free agent and let him go somewhere else. Does he perform well somewhere else? Cool. If so, great. If not, you know, whatever. You, you, you let him go for free. But th this is the Islanders just saying, we don't want you around. Yeah, which is, I guess, good in a way and not at the same time. I don't know. At least they put, they made they let him play somewhere instead of just like stay at home, right? That helps no one. Yeah, exactly. Like, what was he doing last year when he wasn't able to report to the AHL? Right. We, it was him, right? Like, sorry, it wasn't him. It was Lou saying, stay home. I don't want to hear anyone else say like, well, he, he didn't report. No, Lou said, stay home. Well, he asked for a trade. No, he didn't. He asked for a trade the year before that. The year before, and Lou didn't do it. So, yeah, now Lou, like, anyways, this is the right thing where we are today. Forgetting what happened before, where we are today, this is the right thing for the New York Islanders to do. Let him play somewhere where he's going to put up points and he can showcase his talents, and then you can work something out where someone could be like, all right, I'll bite. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. What else you got? Um, this one is from LR99Gaming, 
and it's not necessarily about him specifically. I, I just brought this up because he, he mentioned something. Um, okay. So he, he says, let's go over the Keith Yandel situation on the Florida Panther side of things uh, from how his Ironman streak was in jeopardy, but how he prevailed. However, we're also discussing the rumor of a three-way trade with the Bruins and the Isles. Now, again, I, I have no, I haven't looked at his three-way uh, trade because that, that that's not necessarily what I want to talk about. And it's not about, LR99, it's about the idea that Keith Yandel, because he's not the first one to bring this up, that the Islanders were somehow interested in Keith Yandel, which is banana lands to me. I would tend to agree. I don't see how they make that work. They already have one. They have Nick Letty, who's younger and cheaper. Why Why would they bring in Keith Yandel? I don't know. I, I don't see the fit. It, it, that's right. It doesn't. Unless, is he a right-hander? No. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's a lefty. No, he's a lefty. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, this never made any sense to anyone. So, like, get clicks. I'm okay with that. Like, if someone says, like, maybe there's a fit there, you run with it. Of course, we would do the same thing here. It just, it struck me as odd that this was so, such a popular rumor. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Keith Yandel to the Islanders makes sense. No, it does not. No, it does not. No. Now, does the three-way where he ends up in Boston? Yes, of course. You know, maybe tra- like transferring through the Islanders who can pick something from Boston. All right, cool. I-, I don't know what they would take from Boston. Like, they're already depleted as it is. So, like, unless they're willing to give up Andre Case, which is who is injured, there- there's nothing in there for us. No, exactly. So, I- I'm-, I'm with you on that. I-, I don't see a fit there. I really don't. No. Uh, my next one comes from uh, a character at TLO Mitch. And Never he heard of said- him. <laughs> He says, me waiting for the aisles to let the kids play. And it's the Bernie Sanders meme from today at the inauguration where he's sitting there looking very cold, uh, all all folded up with his mittens. Uh, Very funny, very topical. Um, One, because I agree with you, I would love to see the kids play. And I'm obsessed with this meme. I I love all the different things that I've been seeing with the, uh, the Bernie Sanders sitting there all folded up waiting for something to happen. It's great. And he's like that the entire time. My wife and I watched, um, I forget her, her name now, and I feel bad about it. Uh, she read the, that, that poem uh, during um, the inauguration. Yeah, I, I, don't, I'm, I can't remember her name either, but... Amanda. Sorry. That's yes. all I remember. I, I can't, uh, anyways, it was fantastic. And anyway, throughout the whole thing, he's also just there like, I got things to do. Uh, this is a great poem, but I, I, got, I got, you know... Amanda Gorman, by the way. Amanda Gorman. I, I got a green deal and and minimum wage bills to pass. <laughs> just looking, not mad, but just kind of like, I'm here. I want to be here, but like, I've got a list of things that I need to get done. Let's get to work. The best meme I saw, not Islanders related, but to that picture was, this could have been an email with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> just perfect. It is, because uh, that's all of us. We can all relate to that. Where you're sitting, you're sitting in a me- email, going like, "What the hell am I doing here? This could have been an email." Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. So I wanted to share that one. Anything yeah. else from you? My last one here comes from uh, a friend of mine. I think we all know who Mikey CLT is. Yeah. He runs the uh, Isles Meetup CLT. Uh, he also runs uh, Bar Down Breakdown. It's an alt hockey or alt music and hockey podcast. Anyways, they're, they're recording their 100th episode, so you just wanted to tell me to... They're going to have Derek from State Champs on the podcast. Ooh, okay. Big fan of uh, State Champs. Favorite song, Secrets from Around the World. Love that song. It, it reminds me of, of driving to Long Island. I have a 
pop punk mix that I play whenever I drive up to Long Island, and that song is on there more than once. I love that, and I love that it's pop punk music to come to Long Island. That's very fitting. It's very. It's just uh, as soon as I hear that song or I hear Real Friends, it's just boom. I I'm in Long Island. I have I feel it. I can smell it. I don't know what the smell is, but it's just it's something like in my brain. It's weird. Perfect. So yeah, Bar Down Breakdown 100th podcast on, I believe it's the 27th. Yes, January 27th. Oh, next So week. look out for that. Yep. That's great. All right. So that's going to do it for us on this episode. Before we go, let's get a couple of plugs in here. So wherever you are listening to the show, if you could please give a subscribe, a rating, a review. That really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download our app available for both iPhone and Android. You could also visit the website eyesonisles.com. And last but not least, you could check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You get post game shows. You get a mailbag show, which we'll record after this. You get a live stream with Mitch. You get a newscast and a whole bunch of other daily content over there, all for five bucks a month. Absolutely worth your while. Couldn't have said, I was, I was hoping you'd <laughs> give me something. Um, yeah, there's always something going on on the Patreon. Always. Either I put up something like a, a question. So the other day is like, what would you do on the third line? Um, there's a podcast going up today. It's the mailbag. We have 15 different questions to get to, Matt, on the mailbag. Uh, and it, it's fantastic. There's 117 people on there. That's incredible. If you're a patron listening to this, thank you. If you're not, get in on the fun because you're missing out hard. Absolutely. That'll do it for us on episode 179. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.